our brains are constantly learning. And so what happens is when we're repeatedly engaging in a work activity in the home environment, our brain learns, this is when I think about work. So we have to teach it strategies to recognise, I don't need to think about work now. The COVID pandemic has changed so many facets of our lives, our relationships, how we can travel, our sense of safety, and of course, how we work. I'm Anna McAfee. Welcome to the bonus episode of Managing Minds, Antarctica versus COVID. Professor Kimberly Norris has spent time at Antarctica, and she's also researched how to minimise the challenges of working in that extreme environment. She says there are things we can learn from her research that can help us in how our work has been impacted by COVID. You know, this is an example of why making sure we do research in, in these areas because it's so relevant, not just to that given environment, but for example, when the unexpected happens, when a global pandemic occurs, there are some really important learnings, strategies and resources that we can borrow from extreme environments. One of the biggest impacts on our work in COVID has been a sudden shift to working from home. Of course, not all roles can be brought home, but we've been surprised by how many can. In February 2021, 40% of Australians were working from home, and that wasn't even during our periods of major lockdown. Kimberly says that many people in Antarctica work in the same place they live in, and they have found some strategies for how to minimise the impacts of this, including creating physical boundaries. You have to find other ways of switching off, and that, that might need to be a little bit novel. So If you don't have access, for example, to a dedicated work room or work space for whatever reason, so you can't literally just shut the door, then doing things like, um, you know, if you're using a computer for remote work, which obviously most people would be, then doing things like covering it. So, you know, if you're working at the end of a, a kitchen bench, if you're working on a dining room table, wherever you're working, literally covering it up with a towel, with a sheet, something so visually it's blocked. And if you're in a situation where you need to work from your bedroom, that's even more important because our brains are constantly learning. And so what happens is when we're repeatedly engaging in a work activity in the home environment, our brain learns, this is when I think about work. So we have to teach it strategies to recognise I don't need to think about work now. You might not like to hear that another part of the process of working from home and staying healthy is getting out of your PJs. I know that some of the joys of remote working uh, can be to, for example, just just be in your jammies all day or to, you know, be in more relaxed clothing. Even if that's that's what you want to do, make sure you change the outfit when you commence work or before you commence work. And then once you finish, change your outfit again. These are all very clear cues to your brain that we're doing something different now. Similarly, make sure that you don't allow your work hours to creep too much. So the other thing we're finding with remote work, and we do see this in Antarctica as well, is that people tend to spend longer hours in the work role because 
they feel that it's easier to do so, they might lose track of time, and sometimes it's because it gives them something to focus on and a sense of achievement. So making sure that whatever those work hours are, they're not ballooning too much. This increase in work hours has been supported by international research. Workers in the US, Canada, UK and Austria reported a two-hour increase in their workday during COVID. This means they were turning a nine-hour workday into 11 hours. One thing people in Antarctica do to minimise this work blowout is to use exercise to signal their brains that the workday has ended. So, for example, it might be that when you finish work for the day, you go for a walk, you go for a run, you do Tai Chi, you might have some exercise equipment. Whatever you have and whatever best suits your needs and abilities, it's a really powerful indicator, not just that the workday is done, but it also increases blood flow to your brain and the increased oxygenation can help with thinking, reasoning and also can help with managing mental stress. Not only does working from home need some adjustment, we also need strategies to help us in our return to work. What we find is that there's actually a process of reintegration, of adaptation, getting used to working in what used to be a familiar environment, but has changed. Maybe the policies and practices around physical distancing have changed. Maybe the nature of the work has changed. Or maybe even the way you think about your work and your role in it has changed. And that can be really quite challenging, both for the individual employee, as well as the leadership team supporting and working alongside them, as well as the organisation more broadly. And I think that's where we will continue to see some strong parallels and can learn a lot from work in extreme environments such as Antarctica. So change your clothes, get some exercise at the end of the workday and create physical boundaries to structure your work environment when you're working from home. And when your team and you return to work, expect some time for everyone to adjust to the changes in their work and their relationship to their work. Your workplace isn't going to operate exactly how it used to. Be open with your team and allow for adjustment time and listen to what the people around you are experiencing. You can hear more from Professor Norris in episode four, Managing Burnout. You can find extra links to resources and other information on our website, managingmindspodcast.com.au and also on our LinkedIn page. Managing Minds is a headline productions podcast made in partnership with the State Insurance Regulatory Authority. Our host is Anna McAfee. This series has been produced and edited by Simon Portis. Fact-checking is done by Dr James Donnelly. And the executive producer is me, Liz Keane.